Hello and welcome to The Other Side Podcast. This is Jasmine. And I'm Stephanie. And we are back for episode two. Um, Today we have a new topic, but before we get into that, we wanted to say thank you. Thank you. (laughs) For? Oh, all your love and support. (laughs) It is overwhelming and I am in my feels. I'm elated. I feel so good. Um, we're getting a lot of good feedback. Mm-hmm. And can I say your highlight, sis, on fleek? Right now? Are, are the kids saying that still? On fleek? Days? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just learned what a highlighter was. Yeah. Stop flexing. <laughs> oh, I do know that kids say that. My kids say that regularly. They tell me to stop flexing my eyebrows, actually. Whatever that Flex means. Yeah. that highlighter. Thank you. Thanks mm-hmm. for noticing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you for all of the love that we received from episode one that was cool and unexpected but felt good yeah um so to a few things we i think i i don't know if i said in the last episode that we're going to do weekly or bi-weekly you did say weekly i said weekly okay so we're gonna we are gonna stick with that for now if that ever changes in the future we'll let you know so our next episode is going to be out on august 16th and then the one after that, the 23rd, and then we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. But right? when are we not? <laughs> so true. Um, so today our topic is uh, moving on and up, and we're going to share some experiences that we've had with that, yeah. some practical advice, um, and who else? Actually, who knows yeah. what we're going to even say Freestyle right now. Style yeah, remix. basically how uh-huh. we run our life. Yeah. So take I, it away, Jess. Well, thank you. I definitely want to want us to walk away with some insight on the before, the during, and the after of moving on and up. Um, so what do I mean by moving on and up? I think that there are times in your life when um, at some point you decide to change something about how life is going for you. The way it's working is not working out for you, so you decide to make a change. And what that might look like is probably not the same for you or the next person. Um, You might realize that something isn't serving you or you're unhappy about something in your life. Uh, But ultimately, you are either encouraged, influenced, or you decide yourself to make the choice to do other than what you've been doing. And you start doing something different and it's like this phrase people hear me say and I see their face kind of go blank and then they think about it which (laughs) is every start starts with a start deep (laughs) what (laughs) so deep cuss (laughs) and um maybe moving on and up looks like challenging the norm Mm. I see a lot of that in my timelines Mm -hmm. um I think we're in a time where a lot of people are speaking up on social issues Mm -hmm. where I didn't always see my friends putting their voices out there like that. And so it is refreshing to see that my friends want to start dialogues and have conversations on issues that they want, that they care about and they want, they want to see change. Mm -hmm. So with respect to the theme of moving on and up, Steph, why don't you tell me what before and after moving on and up looks like for you? Okay. Um, yes. I'll talk about, I think, the the biggest moving on and up that I've ever done in in my life, what that was. And I do want to add before I, before I start that, that I think our generation is 
um, so different than any other one before, not only because we have access to information that people before us didn't have access to, Mm -hmm. um, but we just don't want to settle. Right. We're just not like, oh yeah, I want to be married for 60 years because that's what people do. I mean, is that even a measurement of success for us or... You know, we stay in our job because this is what we committed to. I think commitment means something different to us. I don't yeah. think it's it's negative or it's positive or it's bad or good. I just think that we're we're hungry for more, and because we have access to different ideas and yeah. um, the possibility to do different things, I don't know. Life I was looks different. Reflecting on this with my mom, who's like on the tail end of baby baby boomerage, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about how we operate now is almost in a front or Mm. maybe um a rambunctiousness in comparison to how things were before um if you think about the whole if you don't have anything nice to say then don't say anything at all that put you in a very silent mode all the time Mm -hmm. so why would you stir up anything why would keep the family together for the sake of the family unit yeah when it wasn't a healthy situation for the family yeah right or people weren't able to be their full identity in themselves because they didn't want to challenge those social social norms maybe out of safety mm-hmm. maybe out of fear maybe out of lack of support whatever that may be yeah. but now we're in this time where people are loudly and proudly themselves and more and more you're seeing people who are six years old Mm -hmm. proudly advocating for themselves or communities that they don't belong to and I think that is an immense challenge to to norms or moving on and up yeah I agree and as women too right we don't have Mm -hmm. to just do like this is I'm gonna get married and start a family and just stick with that or we have yeah I don't know there's so many ways to be a cat (laughs) to be a mom or to not be a mom um there's so many ways that gender looks Mm -hmm. there's so many ways that sexuality presents itself and I think that is a sense of cultural and community moving on and up yeah what's the norm anymore I mean, what is normal anyway? If you're yeah. normal, you're weird. How about that? Ooh, man, you're so good at that. Ah, thanks. <laughs> All right, let me share, I guess. Uh, so I think the a turning point for me in my life, obviously, was leaving my marriage. And that was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I wanted to do for such a long time. Um, but didn't do because I knew that meant completely flipping my life upside down because I very much I I did subscribe to that idea that I didn't have a lot of options so I got married when I was young started having babies pretty young um really made this very comfortable life for my husband to succeed professionally and and financially and kind of took a backseat in a lot of ways to that for a lot of years and I didn't put my education first or or my professional goals first and it it wasn't because I felt like I had to do that it was that I had this other vision of what um, a successful woman looked like or what it meant to be um, a good mom or a good wife because those were kind of roles that I was making up you know as I went to I didn't, I didn't see someone model healthy partnership for me so I was trying to make that up as I went along and uh, you know kind of also repeating 
like toxic patterns of that this is what I know love to be so this Mm -hmm. is what I accept or Mm -hmm. um I didn't know how to dream bigger than where I came from Mm. so that was a scary thing too but I just got increasingly more uncomfortable and uncomfortable and I was unhappier and unhappier and I think it finally reached a point where it's like I can't live this way for one more minute so I Neither can he. <laughs> so, shh. Leon. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed to to make a change. Mm. And that looked like for me knowing I'm going to need to struggle for a very long time because I don't have anything financially to support me. I don't have a job that I can just go out and do that's going to support me and three kids. I don't have a house. I don't have anything to my name, um, but I'm going to do that. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I thought of (laughs) an Etch-A-Sketch and making this like immense Picasso masterpiece Mm -hmm. and then my little sister coming in and stomping her foot in the middle of it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a really good, very much. I had built this life that was so pretty on the outside and everybody very much thought that it was great on the inside too. And it wasn't. Yeah. It toxic wasn't. little shards of lead pieces inside. It was toxic little <laughs> shards of lead pieces inside. Yeah. And I knew that the, you know, but I invested my time, right? Mm-hmm. My time, my energy, my resources, everything into creating this life that I thought was going to be forever because I was just going to let it be forever. Yeah. And so deciding I'm not going to. Just going to that. let it be forever. No. That sounds like settlement. It was. It very much would have been just settling for because it was my kids that I was putting first or also my ex-husband that I was putting first and this entire community of people that surrounded me I knew when I leave this life not only am I going to be leaving the only person I've ever known for my entire adult life my financial security my personal security I'm also going to be uprooting my kids lives I'm going to shatter their little hearts and I'm going to lose my family because my ex-husband's family was very much a loving supportive system in my life and I was worried like I'm going to be starting over in almost every single way and that was terrifying for a long time but the alternative of staying yeah. in this uncomfortable place that was not me that was not fulfilling that I knew I could love more and feel more and be safer and be so many different things like that outweighed staying here for the security which really now looking back it, it wasn't much security at all Right. Oh, that's, that's interesting and lightning. So my question is, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm hearing that you felt some sense of guilt or villainhood. Very much. Yeah. Behind just before or the cusp of, oh, that's it. I gotta, I gotta change this. Yep. I knew that I would be betraying the person that I made a lifetime commitment to. I knew that it would feel like a betrayal to say I'm, I'm choosing me. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I would be hurting my kids. And that very much felt like I was the bad guy. And I knew I'd be disappointing a lot of people. I felt like I was going to be disappointing all of these people. And I had done a really good job at making my life look so perfect that I also knew I have not prepared anyone in my life to adequately support me through this change. 
because everyone was like, wait, what? Like, you're leaving your perfect marriage and this perfect world that you have created? Why would you do that? Everybody wants this. So because I never allowed anyone to see who I really was mm-hmm. and the suffering I was really going through, there was not one person who was prepared emotionally or mentally to support me in the way that I needed support. First of all, that sounds overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Secondly, a bit. Um, do you feel like uh, you knew who you were at the time? No. So you're telling me that through this existence of life, this sounds really frustrating, actually. Really freaking frustrating. You had no idea who you were, and your ecosystem, or lack thereof, had no idea who you were. Right. Yeah, my entire life had been doing for other people. I, I existed to make sure that everyone else in my life had what they needed, and their emotional needs were met, and their mental needs were met, and I was just a chameleon. It was like, I'll just fit myself and I'll shrink myself, and I'll be whatever everyone else around me needs me to be because um, because of the way that I love and because of my background. I was always afraid that love would be taken away, that consistency would be taken away, that my safety would be taken away. So I'll just be whatever everyone needs me to be so that at least I can just exist in your space. I am so drained by hearing that, and I mean that in a respectful way. It sounds like it took so much, not just energy, but like actual little pieces of you. It did. Yeah. It did, and that was a big part, too. I knew if I walk away, like, who am I? Ah. What do I have? I have this is my entire identity is being this person's wife and being this person's mom Mm -hmm. and living whatever role it was in relation to everybody else in my life. Mm. So take away all those roles. Like, I I don't know who I am. So Mm. I'm starting over completely in every way. And I, and I wanted that and I ended up choosing that, but it wasn't an easy choice. It was a terrifying (laughs) choice. As we've talked about in the past, I'm super empathic. So when you said the words, when I thought about walking away, all I saw was loud, mm. white, blank, overwhelming space. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt Whoa. like. It was, it was really scary. Um, and before, you know, before I did that, I tried to prepare myself mentally and emotionally for what that might look like. And uh, I, it didn't matter. It really didn't matter. No matter what I anticipated it to look like, it was different. It was more, more pain and struggle than I imagined it could be and I there were times that I didn't think I'd survive I almost didn't you know just mental health wise and also financially and Mm. uh and would I do it all again knowing how hard every single second of that would be yeah I absolutely would I think that that's very interesting that it's totally not my experience on the other side, if you think about it, I have one child. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been married, but I did have to decide. Yes, Leon, I have never been married. I know. Um, Sorry. I've never been married. I have one child. I did have to decide, you know, is this relationship worth sacrificing my sanity? Mm-hmm. I did. Well, I, I did, Leon. I did have to decide... Um, am I going to move forward, make decisions to set boundaries in my life so that I could be happier? Um, 
I also can relate to doing something a certain way for what seems like an eternity. Yeah. Trying to please so many people. Mm-hmm. My poor, poor cup, you know, never taking time to refill it, but always pouring what's in my cup out for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something else you said about your experience um, deciding to end your marriage that really resonated with me. And I think it's kind of interesting that I don't know what it is. And I think that's Leon's fault. But <laughs> Agreed. Everything's Leon's fault. But, um, yeah, I think that, um, I'm sure a lot of it, we have similar stories, very different stories too, but, but yeah. there's that common thread of just getting to that point where you're so uncomfortable yeah. in your life that you can't possibly take another yeah. minute. Yeah. And I think that discomfort is very necessary. Yeah. And you can choose also to remain in an uncomfortable situation and make it comfortable if you want to. A lot of people do that. They do. But for me, what that looked like was was definitely hurting other people unintentionally. Mm -hmm. But maybe it was, if I think about it, a little intentional if I wasn't willing to do the work Mm -hmm. to make myself uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. to change and live a happier and healthier life. Yeah. And that's not in any way to imply simplicity or or perfectness Mm -hmm. things in my life are a lot more simple like it doesn't have to be as complicated as 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 I was making it and I do still have challenges but I'm glad I made those changes so for me the the if it's okay with you me Mm -hmm. transitioning into my part Mm -hmm. of before and after moving on and upward I'd I want to focus on what seems like a broad topic but was always a major issue for me, mm-hmm. which is setting boundaries mm. with myself and with others. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird that I would be someone who had pride in their identity, mm-hmm. almost sometimes didn't like their integrity question, mm-hmm. but also didn't want to rock the boat. And so at some point, I decided with my son's father, no. Because I won't be in the cycle of being in a marriage for the sake of my child and being able to survive in this world Mm -hmm. and, you know, loving this person, but it's not right and it's not what I want to do and I don't feel safe. Um, Telling myself, no, I'm not going to abuse myself in this way anymore. Because I've experienced joy, so why am I doing this? Yeah. And luckily, there were people in my ecosystem where there were moments where I could feel love, where I wasn't really easily able to recognize it growing up. Yeah. So I decided to seek more of that truth, love, um, freedom. And then as I put that stuff into practice... I could set boundaries with strangers so I could stand up for myself or other people and I could do it without crying. And that's something I did often, particularly with my mom. If I wanted to have a serious conversation, I would always break down in tears because I didn't have the tools to communicate because I had never given myself that freedom or set that boundary to say, hey, this is where I'm at with this. And I'm okay with feeling that way. And that doesn't mean I don't love and respect you. Yeah. I learned to set 
boundaries with different individuals in my life. And that isn't to say that um, I'm unique in that way. I think everyone has boundaries. You and I have boundaries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've crossed them yet. I'm looking for them. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Those lines are real blurred. Holler. Hey. <laughs> uh, but I think that boundaries were something I always, always struggled with. And then I hear myself now and it's like, whoa, you know what that is? That's growth. Mm-hmm. I can tell myself, you know what, Jasmine? You're not going to do this. Yeah. Or... Um, what you're doing right now is super destructive to you and your relationship with your son. So mm-hmm. you can either work to do better or not. Yeah, I think that's the important thing about boundaries and why it's often maybe misunderstood. They begin with yourself. Absolutely. It's a promise you make to, and those are just even little things. This is how I'm going to take care of my mental, emotional, physical health. And when we betray ourselves then we cross our own boundary. Mm -hmm. But if you can't respect your own, then no one else Mm -hmm. is going to be able to respect them. And if Mm -hmm. you can't articulate, this this is my boundary, this is what I will accept and won't, and then stick to that. But damn, that's hard, huh? Well, yeah, I had to rehabilitate (laughs) myself with like the smallest things. Where did you begin? Do you think if you, and I think that's a good way to give other people tools. What was, can you remember the first boundary you set like with yourself or someone else? When I decided to seek treatment, mm-hmm. um, I knew, without going into too much detail, mm-hmm. I have um, a history of addiction in my family, mm-hmm. and there are issues with mental health that have been untreated, and I've watched people that mm-hmm. look like me, that are me, that I love, suffer. Yeah. And I'm such an empath that I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's an overwhelming experience. So when it was my turn, you know, I'm super susceptible and I don't have any qualms. I don't blame anyone. I know that we need help and sometimes we don't always have the tools. I was fortunate enough to be at some junction in life yeah. where the tools were there at a young age. And it started simple like not I don't want to say simple because I don't think that's kind to people who have different journeys than me Mm -hmm. but it started with learning what hygiene looks like for me Mm -hmm. in a way that um, makes me feel good Mm. not to say you know I had issues with hygiene but it started like that simple Mm -hmm. the kind of talk that I have in my head while I'm brushing my teeth Mm -hmm. while I'm putting on deodorant while I'm getting dressed Hmm. the kind of talk I'm having in my head when I walk out of my room when I encounter another human that I'm related to that I've had this complex relationship with for years Mm -hmm. and wait I have to go out into a whole world and drive a car Mm -hmm. and start a job and get back in school because I'm behind and meet a person and mate with them and start a family and become an honorable woman because that's what life is supposed to be. Well, that's overwhelming when you think about (laughs) that, right? Yeah. 
and I'm like constantly playing catch up and uh, identifying myself as a late bloomer. Hmm. So, but it always started very, very, very microscopically. Like, first, I have to open my eyes. Okay, I made it. Do I even want to get out of bed today? Okay. I'm out of bed. Now what? Yeah. Brush your teeth. Just brush it. I know. Brush your teeth. And so forth and so forth and so forth and so forth. And then it's stacked on and stacked on. Okay. Now we're in school. Oh, wait. You're dyslexic? Oh, so that's what's been going on this whole time. Hmm. Oh, wait. They have services? I had wonderful mentors. So apparently I was supposed to be a late bloomer because I met people at the perfect time. Hmm. Um, I was able to get a wonderful education, graduate with honors. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't my experience a few years before that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't know what your needs are, how yeah. can you meet them or have Not someone at else all. help yeah. you meet them? That was very much a similar experience with um, when I decided to move on from that situation that I just talked about. It was just survival after yeah. that. And... It was, okay, today all you can do is um, maybe eat some food, which I wasn't (laughs) doing on a regular basis, like maybe drink some water, go to work, and be a mom. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And so was that tuning out a lot of other relationships maybe at that time? Yeah, definitely. I didn't have a lot of um, space. It became a recluse. Yeah. Hardcore. Which I don't know that is maybe a good thing, but I think retreating is right and but saying people this were is looking need. for yeah. me hmm. they were oh you mean like friends yeah loved ones yeah and if yeah. you talk to certain people they'll be like oh i figure that's just jazz you know mm. she does that sometimes she disappears yeah it's not a good idea that i do that i mean something i'm probably feeling a certain way if yeah. I, if i'm quiet right and that's why it's important to have I mean, a community sometime, of people right around you yeah. that is going to check in and say, hey, Jazz, you're quiet. What's yeah. going on right now? And, yeah, and later we can get into some of those things that benefited us while we were doing the whole before and after moving on and up. Mm-hmm. But right now we want to take some time to examine um, the most common things that people struggle to overcome. And so in 2017... The Huffington Post uh, published an article entitled The Three Most Common Emotional Struggles People Face in Life and How to Overcome Them. Uh, it's a, I think it was written by a Quora contributor, and it lists being wrong, hurting others, and feeling actual emotions mm-hmm. as the most common emotional struggles to overcome. Hmm. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Think we worry a lot too especially both of us have mentioned familial relationships mm-hmm. and how hard it is to change who we are within those dynamics and uh-huh. I think I mean I hear that conversation with my friends you do with yours all yeah. the time is that is the hardest role to switch right disappointing others being something other than what you always have been and then feeling uh-huh. an emotion that's so funny right. it's so true it's true coming to terms with what you're feeling and then addressing it mm-hmm. whether it's vocally towards someone you love and it's in your space mm-hmm. that you're you have this codependency with or this network with or um when you are wrong i started practicing it with noah my son mm-hmm. 
And he'd be like, you don't have to apologize to me. I say, no, Noah, I was incorrect mm-hmm. or I was wrong. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I apologize. It's good to model that. I can do it with my son. I can do it with my mom. Mm-hmm. I can reduce my pride and do it with my mom, right? Yeah. I can reduce my pride and do it with my sibling. That's awesome. Um, so some solutions that the article suggested, and this is a direct quote, quote, it says, uh, to get past difficult things in life, face the painful emotions head on, feel them, cry, be angry, or express whatever you are feeling privately. Don't involve others in your emotional expression. That just complicates the situation. You can share your feelings with others in words only after they have agreed to hear your feelings. So don't, this is me talking now, don't vomit your feelings on someone without their permission and without fully cycling them yourself. So I'm going to go back to the quote. Feeling your emotions lets them pass on. End quote? Nope. To get over it quickly, no matter what it is, feel it first. So to me, that says, allow yourself to run through the motions so you can cycle it through and then you can address it with mm-hmm. others with their permission, with their consent. So that way you're not harboring and creating this cycle, perpetuating the cycle of like difficult lifestyles mm-hmm. and anger and lack of freedom. Yeah, I like that. That was a great quote. Um, I like what you added too. I think some someone, I can't remember who, I don't remember what friend it was, and I it caught me off guard the first time he did it, but he texted me, are you like in a, a place where you can hear something that's not great that I went through today? It was the first time that anyone had really like asked for my permission to say something that was overwhelming to me, and it it was a it it really made me think like, oh, first of all, no, I'm not, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have recognized that I'm not had you not given me the option to. And second, how many times do I do that to people in a day maybe or a week? Mm-hmm. You know, my ex-partner, probably I did that all the time. Even, you know, my friends, I know I've probably yeah. done that to you or just people in my environment. Now I try to ask. I think that I've only asked you once. Is it okay if I if I vent right now? Mm-hmm. Because it was a podcast I was listening to, The Friend mm-hmm. Zone, and mm-hmm. they were talking about how... Uh, it was Fran's birthday and the person just called to vent all their negative energy and they always used her as kind of an emotional punching bag mm-hmm. and they didn't even realize it was her birthday. Mm-hmm. And so she had to set that hard boundary with that person. Mm-hmm. And um, I always have this guilt fest inside of, oh, I'm confiding in Stephanie too much. She already has all these other <laughs> things going on. And I told you that and you were basically offended. You're like, no, there is no inappropriate time and I will let you know when I yeah. cannot. Yeah. And there are times when you have told me Now's not a good time, but I will get back to you. Or you, I love this response because I've used it on people I've broken up with. Mm. <laughs> Which <laughs> I don't have the space to um, respectfully respond to this right now, but yeah. I want to take time to, you know, take this in and then I'll get back to you. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. That's now, but that is me, right? Getting to know myself, you getting to know yourself. Yeah. And that, that requires me taking responsibility. 
And so like a little thing, a little practical thing that I started doing and you started doing it too at the same time is we, I turned on my red receipts yeah. on my phone and that was for accountability because I, as a helper, yeah. feel the need to engage with every single person who needs me at every single moment when they need right me to away. meet that need. And so if someone tends, sends me a text, I feel like I got to read it. I need to formulate a thoughtful response because I can't let that person sit in discomfort, right? Nope. So now, but I know if they see that I read it, for some reason it makes me feel a greater sense of, okay, they see I read it, so they're expecting a response. So I better make sure that I am in a space where I can thoughtfully respond. It's respecting me and it's also respecting them. And for some reason that little shift in my mindset, now I just won't open a message. If I can't get to you in that moment, Mm -hmm. If I can't do that in a thoughtful way, then I'm just going to wait. But I realize that's my discomfort. Yeah. It is actually me understanding this is an emotion that's coming up. You should yeah. work through that. And it's so much deeper than that, right? It depends on how, yeah. you know, your attachment style and stuff really comes into that. If you're an anxious, if you have an anxious attachment style, which which I do, mm-hmm. um, it is constantly having to talk myself through that connection, that person, that that love isn't going to go away if you cannot meet their need in this exact moment. Preach, sister. A big part of that has been learning how to self-soothe. Like you were saying, like learning to feel an emotion Mm -hmm. and not reach for something else because I I will reach for anything. Yeah. This reminds me of yesterday. Uh, My son and I, I had picked him up from school and we were driving back Mm -hmm. and I was like, Stephanie, text you like five times. (laughs) I said, Noah, I'm driving. I'll answer Stephanie. He said, yeah, but it's, it's Stephanie and it's five times. I said, Noah, I saw the first few texts. It's actually our group text with our friends. So it's totally okay. This can wait. But I mean, it's, it's Stephanie and it's five times. Thank you, Noah. And I said, Noah, if it's urgent, she'll call me. But it's Noah. <laughs> and even at that age, yeah. too, it's like training them yeah. and their brains, too. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It can wait. And there was a time when we were not accessible 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. Remember we all lived what? when we didn't have a phone on us? I don't know. My gigapet really needed me. Like, I was going to freak <laughs> out if class didn't oh, end. Man, that's where it started. My nano baby. Oh, that's so funny. I haven't thought about those in <laughs> such a long time. <laughs> so, oh. wait. How do you cope with... Those emotional weirdnesses. That's been a big struggle for me. Because or big, how do you cope with the, like, I guess the big changes? Mm, well, I don't. No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I've had to put a lot of work into, like, learning new coping strategies. Because personally, I reach for people. That is, people are my vice. It's not... Uh, you know, some people have, have different Cheetos. Yeah, food or alcohol or another substance or maybe um, it's social media or, or, or technology or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that what I reach for in times of discomfort is someone else. It's that validation of, like, let me text someone or call them or I don't want to be alone, so I need to make sure that someone else is in my space. Um, maybe really dysfunctional, even like romantic connections that I'll, I'll keep around just because I need to call on that when I need to feel myself. So mm-hmm. number one, acknowledging yeah. this is how I cope with uncomfortable feelings yeah. in a negative or in an unhealthy way. That was probably the first step. And then acknowledging that each time. 
So it's like step by step, one right. day at a time. Right now, I have an emotion. This is what my body and mind is telling me to do. I'm going to consciously make a decision to do something different. So interesting. We didn't even know each other, and we were taking babies. You know, the help books always say, oh, just step by step, day by day by day. And I didn't I didn't. We'll make it that I second time around. Yep. I didn't know. It makes sense now. <laughs> step by step. Yeah. <laughs> it does. That's my ringtone now. Okay. Oh, oh, you're saying the song now? <laughs> now. Well, um, but in life. Yeah. You know, the advice to step by step. Mm-hmm. Literally. I stepped on the crack. My mom's back is not broken. Mm. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> so is she. Yeah, that's important though. You know, one of our um, Instagram posts was about patterns and how changing that takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to be patient and kind with yourself and to say, hey, I'm 34. So the way that I love, the way that I live, the decisions I make every day, it took me 34 years to create that. I cannot change that in four hours or three days or maybe even three years. So what am I going to change today? Today, just today, I'm not going to text that man that I need to stop texting. Mm -hmm. Or just today, I'm going to make sure that I move my body or whatever that is for you. Yeah, folks who have conversed with me about having difficulty changing or wanting to start something new other than Mm -hmm. every start starts with a start. Some things you might hear me say is, you know, I think that life is a series of patterns and habits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're just constantly learning anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel so bad about trying to learn a new pattern or habit because Mm -hmm. that's how we are anyway. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That makes up everything that we are. Yeah. It's just patterns. It's just habits. So can we change that? Yes. Yeah. Can we snap our fingers and we're a completely different person tomorrow? No. no. So start small. I mm-hmm. think that's how I cope with it. And I always acknowledge, I think it's doing a disservice to someone else when they mm. look at your life. And I, I feel this because I lived in a very inauthentic ways for so many years. When someone sees my life or whoever's life and they're like, oh, you have it all together, you're a great mom, like, you've got this great life, things are going well. Maybe before I would have just said, well, thank you, or maybe even probably given, like, some fantastic advice of, like, this is how you can have this life, too, for the low price of, you know, your sanity and comfort and self-love. But it's important to say, hey, I don't. Like, this is where I'm struggling, or, yeah, I did overcome that, and this was how I did it. Mm -hmm. It was really ugly and messy and... Because it does take a lot of work and pain and struggle sometimes to change your life, to make it what you want it to be. So we're not doing each other any favors acting like, oh, what, this? Like, this just happened. Yeah. Oh, but me on the other end, on the other side, I had to learn to say thank you versus Mm -hmm. explain away everything. Mm -hmm. Actually, no. Do not give me compliments on my face, my voice, (laughs) or intelligence. Because this is where I struggle and suck. (laughs) that's so true yeah and that is something that your partner had to teach me just say thank you Mm. why are you fighting the compliment the love i said what you don't don't play like you know me (laughs) all up in my mental (laughs) so where do you think that comes from if you had to childhood yeah yeah 
I know my parents did the best they could with what they had, but I, I understand. Because we're conditioned to yeah. receive love and to love ourselves the way that we've always been shown it, right? Yeah, and when I encountered um, a human trying to love me, mm. it felt like assault or an offense because it was very foreign because I'm not used to that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Not to say that my parents didn't love me or anything. I didn't understand. Their brand of love was different than what I experienced from another person. Mm-hmm. Right. So even when good things come into your life, like maybe even an opportunity or a job I'll or someone wants it up. Yeah. <laughs> I will self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like that's probably a common thing too that a lot of us do? Yeah. 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 And so ways that I've coped in in respect to before and after um, big changes in my life, I'd say, like I said earlier, getting help. And it is not a perfect journey. Mm-hmm. And no one person's is the same. And not everybody has the same amount of access and information to resources. Mm-hmm. Um, being honest with myself, uh, I learned that I was such a little liar. A little lie, big fat lie to myself. Can you give an example? <sighs> hmm. Saying things didn't matter when they did. Mm. Believing, thinking I believed things didn't hurt when they actually did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so distracted by all the manifestation of lies and fear in my head. That I was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. All the time. Hmm. And that sounds scary. Yeah. Um, seeking guidance. There's a lot of people out here living life. And if I saw something that looked like I really wanted to know about it, I asked about it. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned a lot from a lot of cool people. Mm. Um, earning my space in this world, which has helped with like... The guiltiness I felt about taking up space and not adding value or thinking I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, eliminating what I would call toxicity or... Yeah, eliminating toxicity despite of and not in spite of how hard it is. Mm-hmm. So not doing things like F you world, you're not going to get me down, but... Right. Hey, I'm not doing this because I don't want to. Yeah. And I have a right to. And... um Atoning to others because I've made a lot of choices that hurt a lot of people and me too. Mm-hmm. And there's still things that I think about that break my heart and I didn't think about the consequences. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, screwing up and trying again and again and again and then screw up and then try again. And maybe not get it right. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Being patient with yourself. Yeah. And, um... Boundaries, as you can see, mm-hmm. has been very important to me, but more important is following through with them. Is if I wasn't consistent, it just wouldn't matter. Yeah. I would feel and look stupid. I really don't care about the looking stupid part, but the yeah. feeling stupid is self abuse. Yeah. And um, I would say scheduling and prioritizing and um, bringing order to certain parts of my life, although certain parts are a mess, I would say like that the order that does exist makes me feel very proud and adulty. Which is nice for a change. Mm-hmm. So, I know that, um, oh, there was this list. Oh, so interesting. So interesting. I had this moment where 
I had been totally like emotionally abused and stomped on by my ex Mm -hmm. and I was exhibiting anger that I had saw in someone else really close to me that I swore I'd never ever do And I was so angry and I felt like I had no meaning in my life. I didn't have a job. And I looked in the mirror and I was sobbing. And I said, oh my God, I just became the person I said I wasn't going to be. I said, that is it. Then I said, what are you doing? I stormed upstairs and I wrote this list of like 12 things. I said, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. That's it. I have no idea where the list went. Year later, everything on that list was done. I was in school. I had good grades. I had a car. I had a job. I was on my way moving out. My son was getting ready for school. Like all these things that I had completed, but I really meant it. I was like, well, oh, I can do, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in your professional and practical suggestions because you're the expert here. (laughs) I want to mention that I also made a list in my journal the year before I left my marriage and it was evaluate whether or not you want to be in this marriage if you can handle it anymore. Yeah. It was like take one little trip by yourself. Ooh. Yeah, there was multiple things on that list, but it was the first time that I had actually like gotten it down on paper. And then when I went back and looked at it, it was everything but one thing that I had. But I think that is actually really practical yeah. advice. Write a list of what you want your life to look like. And then just do one little thing mm-hmm. at a time. I think it's important to understand that you cannot change your entire world that you live in overnight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we set ourselves up for disappointment and for failure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something. Taking responsibility for the times that you have failed someone else is an extremely important process. Because if you can acknowledge the ways which you have contributed to the dysfunction in your life and you are not a victim of that dysfunction, hey. that is not only, oh, wait, I had a part in this, so hey, I have control, I have the power to choose differently, and now I know what that looks like, so if I encounter it again, I can recognize it before participating I in it. I felt that, snaps on That's it. important. Um, another thing too, like a, you know, just a social work perspective that, is really important in my work and I think we could talk about right now and you have some stuff to add to this I'm sure is person and environment theory so that is that the individual does not exist separate from the environment which they're living in so if we consider that individually and then family-wise community and society so Mm -hmm. those are all different environments that we have to live in Mm -hmm. so I might have it all together Right? Maybe. Let's say in a perfect world, Stephanie's got her shit together. Eh? However, I'm living in a really abusive environment where people every single day are telling me that I'm not good enough. Or maybe I'm living in poverty. Or maybe I'm living in a system that doesn't acknowledge how awesome I actually am. And I hear these bigger messages every single day of how I'm no good and how I'm this and that. All of that contributes to what I believe I'm capable of, what I'm actually going to have the energy to get up and do. Your health. The next day, your health. Your mental. Emotional. Oh. Yeah. Disgusting. So I think it's really important, too, to evaluate. I know it's tough, but even the family relationships you allow in your circle, in your space. Absolutely. Because they very much shape how you experience this life. And I know that's hard. I get it. I get even, it's hard to walk Even away. if they're not in your space. They even are, if right. you're disconnected from that person. Even if you haven't seen them in 20 years. Mm-hmm. 
It's something to address if you yeah. want that freedom, that health, that mental wealth, yeah, that emotional wealth. You're absolutely right. And I think that now that's a different thing about our generation too. I think we're willing to make scary decisions mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I'm choosing me. Yeah. And I still love you and I respect you and we can try to figure out a way where this relationship is mutually beneficial for all of us, but I have to choose my mental health and my emotional health and my physical well-being. So if that means removing yourself from a situation, you need to do that. Is that possible financially for everyone to do tomorrow? No. No, it's not. So write a list like you said you did, like I did, and start small. Maybe that means I got to get a place of my own. Okay, so that might be the goal. That's not even the list. The list is going to be, I'm going to put together a resume. Or maybe I'm going to go to school and I figure out how to make it through this tough situation for two or four years till I can go to that next step. Maybe school's not something that I want to do. Maybe I'm going to try to find a job that allows me to get out of this situation that I'm in. Maybe I just need a friend. Maybe I need a community of people. Yeah, maybe me. I'm going to learn a communication style mm-hmm. that works for me, especially yeah. in these difficult circumstances. Maybe I'm going to take two days out of the week to go to the library to mm-hmm. look up free resources yeah. that might be able to help me or my family yeah. when I'm in need. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that I was dating... The only good thing that came from this relationship... No, I'm just kidding. There was lots of good things that came from it. Yeah, (laughs) sorry to call you out. But um, he gave me very good advice in relation to my children and their relationship with their father. And he said that they have to learn how to exist in that situation, in that relationship with him, and figure out a way to be better because of it. Not, you know, in spite of it, or but say, this is where I am. And maybe this person doesn't communicate the way that I want them to, but this is my reality right now. Yeah, that's what I always tell Noah. So I'm you have a choice. You do how you show up, right? Yeah, Yeah. you have a choice. And what am I going to let in, and how am I going to reframe that in my mind? Because the reality is, sometimes we all can't just get up and get out of a situation that sucks. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge, because we said acknowledge the feelings and let them go through. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean it doesn't suck, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't mean you're not disappointed or angry or furious, Mm -hmm. but you still have a choice. Absolutely, yeah. So if if you're going to have to exist in a relationship or a situation um, and you can't get out of it, I'm not promoting staying in relationships that do not serve you or situations that don't serve you. But I also am very realistic mm-hmm. that changing things tomorrow is not something everyone can do. Right. So take care of yourself. Figure out how am I going to communicate better or exist in a different way. If you have access to getting help um, counseling or, or therapy-wise, and I think we can link some things that are free resources in Absolutely. our community um, in the show notes and then on our Instagram page, then do that. I also realize that's not accessible yeah. for everyone. Um, so change one pattern. Yeah. And I want to honor and send love out to those who just don't have that as a possibility in their life. Yeah. Because that's a very real yeah. thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's what I had to add to that. I'm going to wrap this up, Jasmine. Oh, huh. Ficky, Ficky <laughs> wants so. Um, so moving on and up doesn't always have to mean a new start or... An experience associated with something negative. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've moved on and up from really positive things. Mm-hmm. And I've Maria or Marie Kondo did it. And I'm like, ah, ah, this no longer serves me. A thank you. A good I have day. A story to tell about how you oh, changed please my Please tell the story. Oh, it was such a random is, moment. You are the wisest person. She really is. Thank you. That, I mean, you just say these things sometimes. You think you're just saying nonsense. And I'm like, well, you just changed my life. It's better. <laughs> so you, this. This interaction, right, or, or relationship that I kept going back to and back to and back to, um, was it serving me? It was not. Not my <laughs> highest self. And you said, just Marie Kondo that shit and say thank you for what it has brought to you, the pain, the pleasure, the happiness, the sadness, and let it go. And at first I was like, okay, yeah, great. Just say thank you and Whatever, let it go. Whatever, stupid, get out of yeah. my face. <laughs> you dumb Jasmine. <laughs> But then that night I thought of it and I was like, you are so right. And when I reframed that in my mind, the way that you told me to, and I sat with the thought of that person and I said, thank you. Like, thank you for the embarrassment, right? But also thank you for teaching me or, or I guess thank you to myself too for seeing something that I didn't want to be anymore. And then I let it go. Yeah. If you can do it with your pants, you can do it with your ex. What? You can do it with your pants. You can do it with your ex. Is that yeah, let go, let go of those pants. Let go of that ex. <laughs> so. so thank you, Jasmine and Marie Kondo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a question. Okay, so there's this thing. For me? Yeah, there's this fad. Okay, so if you want to know your burlesque name, right? You take the <laughs> your first syllable of your first name twice. Okay. Then la, and then the last thing you ate. So... so. <laughs> Do you want to go first? No. No. You okay. Go first. The first syllable, Steph. Steve. Steph. Steph. Yeah. Steph. 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 Okay. And or then Steve what? Steve. Steve. Mm-hmm. And then la la. The last thing I ate. Mm-hmm. Pretzels. Steve. Steve. La pretzel. <laughs> oh man! No one's coming to my show. Oh. No one's coming to see Steve. Steve. La pretzels. Well, nobody's coming to see Jaja la bacon gouda. <laughs> Bacon Gouda? Jaja oh, I, la Bacon Gouda. I would be there. You know uh, they are. You want to know my drag name or stripper name? Yeah. So it's your first pet and the street you grew up on. Okay. And the last one I can remember growing up on is Butler. So it'd be Blackie Butler. Oh, shit. Ah, yeah. Blackie Butler. That just should be my handle on everything. Do you like that? I love I'd it. I love it, too. Yeah. Would, yeah, see you strip. Smooth. <laughs> Mine is, uh, wait, it's your first, no, it's your what? Your your first pet's name in the street okay. you grew up on. My first pet's name was Ruffy, and then <laughs> the, the street I can remember the earliest was Impala. Ruffy. Oh my oh, god, damn. that is the best thing I've ever, Blackie Butler, Ruffy Impala, in the house. Yeah! Oh, that was good. Oh, well, see, you made it to the end. You made it to the end, and now you know what you're going to do? You're going to go follow us on Instagram. You're going to subscribe to all our outlets. You're going to check us out on Anchor, Spotify for now. We're waiting for Apple to approve, but they holler at us. After they hear this, after yeah. they hear Ruffy Impala, and... And I don't even think we said the F word once, so come on, Apple. I feel like... You might have. Okay, sorry. We're you're making up for my saying ass last episode. Oh, I finally cussed. Come on. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, and then next week we'll be back, and we're talking. Next week's episode is one that I'm super excited about. Yeah. We're gonna talk about mental health access and how when we acknowledged we needed some help, 
how we went about getting that help and then how our very different communities yeah. of people and families embrace that. We right? have a special guest. Yeah. It's our third guest. guest. Wait, do we count all the kids? Because then it would be like our, our fifth guest. Ugh, but it would be like our first human inside the room with us while we're recording. Yes. Um. Yeah. And let us know if you have questions or whatever. We might want to address those or whatever. All right. Anything else? Love you so much. All right. See you next week. Yeah, bye. bye.